Well, good evening and welcome to City Trends, your number one technology conversation on Ghana Radio. My name is Philip Hashon. City Trends is sponsored by Haptel, helping you collect payments easily. And of course, NIIT, bringing people and computers together successfully. Now, just a quick message that you need to pay very, very close attention to. If you are in charge of any social organization, group or club, you know how frustrating it is to collect payments from your members. Now, whether it's a church group or an old school union or a group of friends contributing towards a project, Haptel gives you one short code to accept all mobile money payments into one account so if you're ready to leave behind such payments sign up at haptel.com today with the referral code cityfm or simply dial star 713 hash do that right now because there's a solution waiting to hug you and give you some relief short code to remember star 713 hash Visit the website hotel.com and just make sure you are going to be sourced. Remember, the referral code is CITIFM. Referral code is CITIFM. Your short code will be ready for use in less than an hour by Kanket C of Haptel. Haptel helping you collect payments easily. On the show today, we talk about something that I've been dreaming about and talking to a guy who we've been looking for for a while and today he joins us in the studio we're talking about how you can get funding for your startup with eric Osiakwan. he is in the studio with us today we have of course the how-to segment we have the app segment you have the training segment coming your way and of course the your tech segment as well will be on the show so don't go anywhere stick and stay turn up the volume and let's talk technology today Share your thoughts and opinions on the show via the WhatsApp number 054-998-6996. Tweet at us using hashtag CityTrend. And so we start off with the how-to segment of the show. And of course, Jeffrey Reku Sapong um, has been digging deep and trying to find out how best you can ensure that your laptop battery lasts as long as possible. And of course, using your laptop battery efficiently. So Jeffrey is going to take it away now with the how-to segment. Hello and welcome to the how-to segment on City Trends. This evening, we are talking about two things you shouldn't do when you're charging your laptop. The first thing you should never do is charging your laptop on a pillow or a blanket. You have to be careful about the heat it takes to run the device, which will drain your battery faster and ruin battery life. The biggest problems come from the laptop's ventilation ports when objects obstruct airflow of in a pillow or a blanket. When charging your laptop, never lay it on a pillow or blanket. This causes poor airflow and retains heat from the system, essentially frying your battery. Avoid this by always charging your laptop on a flat, firm surface like a table or a desk. Avoid this by always charging your laptop on a flat, firm surface like a table or a desk, which won't block airflow full. Most people find it more comfortable to keep their laptops plugged in 
to the power adapter and treat it like a desktop computer. The biggest issue with this is that it damages the battery capacity. Why? It's similar to the concept of not overcharging your iPhone devices. It's all about the charge cycles that every device is built with. Every battery pack comes with a charge cycle capacity. And one charge cycle is where your battery goes from empty or near empty to full. Most batteries come with a specific number of charge cycles before they die off. When we continuously charge our laptops using our power adapter than what's required. When we continuously charge our laptops using our power adapter than what's required, then due to the chemical reaction caused in the ion exchange, the overall charging capacity inside the battery is hurt. So you have an idea for a business. You know that the business will do well. You know that you have the capacity to build a great business. But how do you get the funding for it? My guest today is a CEO investor. He's a business leader. He's a global thinker. And he's a global technology icon. Eric Osiakwan is the managing partner of Chanzo Capital. And he's an entrepreneur and investor with 15 years of ICT industry leadership across Africa and the world. He has worked in 32 African countries. He's also co-founded Angel Africa List, Angel Fair Africa, and currently serves on the board of Farmaline, Hoptel, Taranga Solutions, Hotel Online, Same Logic, Wanjo Foods, Airshop, Rapid Expense, Nest Square, Data Integrated, Ghana Cyber City, you name it, he is there. And that is why he's on the show today. Because if you want to find money, if you want to find funding for your startup, you need someone who's been there, who actually puts his mouth where, who, who puts his money where his mouth is. And you need him to tell you and hold your hand about how to do it. Eric, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Such a pleasure and honor to be here for the first time. The last, the, uh, it's 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 <laughs> such a pleasure having you. The last time we spoke, we, we were talking about the kings. Yeah, you know yeah, the kings yeah, concept. Yeah, and um, it was it was interesting for me because I think this was at Labadi Beach yeah. Hotel or so, and I had never heard a concept. But once you talked about, it, it just made sense, you know. And um, thank you so much once again for joining us on the show. I guess for me, kicking things off, I I just want you to help us by painting us a picture of what the investment landscape looks like across the continent, especially yeah. for local <coughs> technology startups. Yeah. Are they getting what they're getting or what exactly is the situation like? All right. Um, thanks again for uh, you know making sure I get myself here. <laughs> it's just an honor to be on the show. Nice. Um, so let me try and paint the investing landscape in Africa very quickly. So generally, you have probably four levels of capital. So you have up there the capital markets, which is the stock exchanges and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then below that is private equity, which is mostly the guys that invest in companies, uh, 20 million and above. Mm -hmm. <coughs> then you have in the middle, next to that is growth capital, mm -hmm. and then venture capital, then early stage. In Africa, the capital markets are still developing. Uh, Johannesburg Stock Exchange is probably one of the leading markets, and then there's Nairobi, uh, the Lagos Stock Exchange, etc. And now, private equity 
um, seems to hold a lot of capital. Currently, there's probably about $200 billion that have been raised in private equity mm. now. Let's contrast that with early stage angel investing. Mm. Um, the figures this year, at least for the tech sector, shows that uh, last year about close to a billion dollars was raised. Mm. Right. So if you take that funnel, there's about $200 billion sitting up here, mm. and then there's about a billion dollars down here. Now, most companies need growth capital to get to that stage, and that's almost non-existent. Mm. So what is happening is that you have a distorted capital system where it's top-heavy. And so a lot of what is happening happier is there's so, so many companies going to the big funds. Mm. And so the big, big funds are having deal attrition. And then down here, there are so many companies looking for funding, there's very little money for them, mm. right? So it almost creates a scarcity down here, and then it, it skews the abundance on the top mm. against the companies. Right. So the guys at the top are saying, well, there are not many African companies. How come we are not getting a lot of deals? Mm. The reason is that, first, there's not a lot of capital down here going into companies. And you to need even to have them grow to exactly. You need a lot more capital down here because a lot of these companies are going to fail and then some of them are going to succeed. Mm. And then they need venture, they need to grow capital before they go to private equity, mm. right? Mm. And so that is a very unfortunate distortion. Mm. And so if you look at the down here, it's almost like those who are doing angel investing are also facing the challenge that there's nobody following on with the companies to invest in them to get to the private equity guys. Mm. So it's almost like angel investing is double kind of risky right and so if you want to change that you need to find some mechanisms that creates incentive down the tube so that people can feel comfortable mm. uh, sort of releasing capital to early stage companies in terms of the um, the the businesses you know at an early stage most th there's a lot of ideas there's a lot of product there is the need for customer validation mm. and generally the way it works is that you're going to have a lot of ideas that are looking for customer validation mm. and some of them will get it and then they'll funnel up right so it's almost like it creates a pyramid right. but you need to be able to have enough capital at the base here it's not only capital right you need um, the ecosystem to be very strong. Yeah. You need other policies that are... Other that components that basically components come that together to help the company to be able absolutely. to grow. Yeah. And there's a deficit in all of that, including the capital. Mm. So mm. it's not too good news. It doesn't sound like we stand yeah. a chance, really. Well, I, I say that the entrepreneurs that are doing this are geniuses. I just think that uh, sometimes it's just incredible to look at African entrepreneurs that mm. in the milieu of challenges that you see down here, you know, companies like Haptal can still break through, right. you know, uh, we prove that it's possible. Mm. Um, and you need some of those companies to be able to make it for others to say that we can also do it. So, right. so you know, Rankin Solutions of, of Ghana have mm. also made it. Uh, Pharma Line is making it. So they're yeah. the companies that are making it. But the reality is that these guys are fighting against all the odds right. uh, in order to be able to get out. Uh, and unfortunately, that's just the way... I mean, yeah. it's the beginning. And look, Silicon Valley was built over 50 years, right? Uh, and some years back, it was just like this. Mm. Um, in the last century, we saw how Asia emerged and China became a technology hub mm. to the extent that Didi bought Uber in China. To imagine that an American company gets bought by a Chinese mm. company as the biggest deal yeah. could not have been thought of just in the last uh, century, decade. Right, last decade. Yeah. So... Um, China has been able to do it. Asia has been able to do it. Now, the big deal is in Southeast Asia. Right. So now Vietnam, Malaysia, uh, Taiwan, and these markets are now becoming really the new technology hub. Right. 
uh, one of my good friends, Pengong, who built uh, Match.com, you know, left Silicon Valley and went to Southeast Asia and built a fund called Monk's Hill Ventures. And they believe that that is a niche growth sector in Asia. Mm -hmm. So they are investing in some of these companies. We believe that the, net, the wave is in Africa now. We believe that the 21st century belongs to Africa. And, you know, um, Philip, the most interesting thing for me is that you, you almost see an incredible paradigm shift that just happened in the last decade. Mm. So generally, when I was in school, most of my mates, the, the gig was finish school and get out of the country. To survival. <laughs> you know, um, and then one generation moved from us. You have a new generation of guys who believe that they can actually build the Facebook and next Google from Africa. It's right. almost unthought of. Yeah. I mean, it's almost something that it, it's, it's happened by itself. Right. And for me, that gives me a lot of confidence, and that's why I do what I do, mm. that there is a paradigm shift. There is a wave that is blowing across our continent where the continent with the youngest uh, population in mm. the world believes that it can control the 21st century using technology. Mm. And that's quite powerful. And it's more powerful because if you look at it, the demographic, the, um, demographic dividends is in our favor. So in the next two decades, Africa is going to constitute either 40 or 50% of global population, right, depending on which figures you look at. Now, out of that, 70% of that is below 25 years. Mm. So Africa is going to be a very young, zealous continent that is going to unleash global human capital. The global north is aging, right? right? So it doesn't matter what is happening, the global north is going to decline. Mm. And... The fact that the young population mm. is taking to entrepreneurship, right. I think, is the most powerful thing. Mm. And so we could actually turn the situation around very quickly because these entrepreneurs are going to be creating the next businesses that really become global hegemons. Inverted pyramid with private equity at the yeah. top, <laughs> growth capital, venture capital, and an early stage investment, which you said estimated around $1 billion yeah. thereabout. It is this one billion that almost all of us are fighting to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to get a one billion <laughs> to get a part of. Now I'm just wondering, Eric, considering the fact that we have this inverted pyramid, yeah. and so many of us recognize that we are at the very bottom of it, I just want to ask from you: yeah. Is there enough effort by African corporate owners to invest in? local companies local startups local tech companies is there enough of an effort to invest in these companies to help them to grow to be able to feed into the 200 billion at the very top of the pyramid Kofi, you you raised a big elephant in the room i was hoping we'll raise it later but <laughs> i'll try and address it hmm. so so in some ways sort of there are some structural challenges and systemic hmm. challenges hmm. right so if you have limited capital you're going to deploy, you want the investments that have the quickest yield and the most secure. So most people will go for classical government instruments or you go to a uh, real estate sector that can make it 200% return in a very short period of time. Yeah. Angel investing, investing in early stage companies, is a marathon. It's a medium to long-term strategy, mm. right? So most people will say in the, in the options available to me, that's probably the least. But the way you have to think about it is that in your portfolio, investment portfolio construction strategy, you need 
excuse me, you have to invest in instruments that give you short-term return, but also take some risks with long-term instruments, mm. right? Because the reality is that you have to pass on the baton, yeah. right? So anybody who's been successful, the way Silicon Valley was built, the people were successful to some of their money and risk with the next generation and then pass it on. So there is a responsibility from those who have been wealthy in Ghana and in Africa to pass on the baton to the next generation mm. by putting some of their capital at risk that they could lose. Mm. But that's how you build the next generation. So yeah. we need to think intergenerationally in our investment strategy. Because if you don't think that way, then you don't create the environment for the next generation to get a leg up. Mm. And that's the way it's supposed to work. So that's the first thing. The second is that you need also for the actors within the ecosystem to play each individual's role. So the private sector guys will invest, but government has to create a certain framework that enables that investment. So for example, in South Africa, the government has this section 12J. The section 12J says that if you invest in an early stage company, you take uh, exceptional rate. And so the government gives you 50% tax break against that investment. Mm. So that is actually what is enabled a lot of capital in South Africa. Mm. So the wealthy South Africans say, well, I can invest in these companies and get a 50% tax break. And then a lot of my friends have set up funds that basically do the paperwork, right? So mm. at the end of the day, the guy is saying, well, if I take that risk, if I lose, the startup fails, I will lose 50% of my money. Mm. Now, it's more interesting. Singapore, which is one of the South Asian, Southeast Asian Tigers, what they did last year was the Singaporean government said, if you lose the money, mm. we will give you, um, if you invest in Singaporean startups and the startup fail, we'll give you 50% of the money back. So right now, globally, almost angel, global angel investors are going to I'm Singapore going to, yeah. and Southeast Asia. Because the government so is, it's a win-win situation. It's a win-win situation for the government, right? They will, in, in the interim, they'll lose. But when the company succeeds, they win double, right? And they're attracting a lot of capital. So the government needs to start thinking about how do you attract more capital into mm. the startup ecosystem? Because these startups will become the scale-ups and the SMEs that will drive your economic growth. Yeah. So from a medium to long-term strategy point of view, the government needs to take in measures that drive capital into these early stage companies. Mm. There's a lot of drive into mid, uh, short-term investment extra. Th that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. But you also need to have a strategy that yeah, brings yeah, capital into these companies. So you need to almost like create a funnel that the companies that are growing and becoming bigger, and then you need to create a system for companies that start and, and get the leg up to become those companies. Mm. right? And you need to be able to create a funnel that works out. And then the third is that you need to have a civil society that demands quality service and uses made in Ghana and made uh, made in Africa product. Mm. We have a we have a acquiring too much of for foreign taste. You know, a few years ago, that you nobody will use Chinese product, but the Chinese was money to force it down the throat of the world. Today, Chinese product are preferred, yeah. right? So if you say that, oh, I won't use the local company because it's not good, then when will they perfect? So, yeah. so we need to start consuming our locally manufactured product. They may not be the best, so consume it and demand better service. Mm. So if the company does do well, buy the product, use it, send it back to them, make sure they do it well. Because if we don't do that, the companies will not perfect it. Mm. Right? So, so we need to create the taste for a, a consuming local product, but also demanding that they become better services. And that's how the companies will improve. Right? Then the fourth is academia. Mm. Academia needs to provide the manpower that industry needs. Right? So, so it's about high time that academic institutions become more practical.
And by that, I mean engaging with the private sector, looking for the demands, the skills demand that the private company needs and, and building um, entrepreneurs, building human capital that meets the needs of industry. Yeah. So, so each and every one of us, each of the four actors have a role to play and that's how the ecosystem is going to thrive. Intergenerational investment, mm. government framework, civil society that demands made in Africa products, and academia that will train the necessary manpower to be able to take us to the next level. All said and done, however, where are you going to find the money? Where are you going to find a bit of that one billion to invest in your company? We'll be coming to that in just a bit. <laughs> Share your thoughts and opinions on the show via the WhatsApp number 054-998-6996. Tweet at us using hashtag CityTrek. So the show is City Trends on 97.3 City FM. My guest in the studio is Eric Osiakwan. And um, we, are, we are picking all sorts of wisdom from him. And I hope you have your pen and paper and noting and jotting that he's a managing partner of Chanzo Capital. And he has 15 years of ICT industry leadership across Africa and the world. Eric, so after all this is said and done, where and how do we find the funding for the local startups? The local, the guy sitting in at home or sitting in his car right now, probably parked his car with his pen and a piece of paper out, thinking about how he can get a piece of this $1 billion pie. Where can he find and how can he get a bit of this to build his company? Right. So generally, um, early stage investors, there are three things to look for. Now I'll mm. tell you which those investors are. Mm. There are three things. It's product, mm -hmm. market, and team. In other words, ideas are not enough. So don't go to someone saying, I have an idea that will change Ghana and change the world. Give me money to fund it. Mm. First of all, yeah. you need to put some effort into taking that idea into a product. Right. Do something about it. It's not enough to have an idea. I tell mm. people, the value of your idea is in the execution. So if you cannot execute, your, your idea is just a dream. And it's great to dream. Mm. The dream has changed the world. But after you've woken up on your dream, you have to do something, do something about, about it. Right. So so the important thing is that an investor wants to see that you have actually you believe enough in what you are your dream that you're taking a step. Then mm. if you go to the person, the person says, Okay, this person is serious, so I gotta help him out. So do the minimal best that you come with yourself and say, I have this dream, I've done this about it. Mm. And that will show that you are getting towards a product. So right. somebody said, This guy is going somewhere, I gotta help him. Right. Then, you need to be able to show an investor that there's a market for that product you're building. Mm. Now, let me step back. On the product side, it's not just enough to have a product. It's not, your product must be unique. In other words, there's so many people solving that same problem. Why should I back Philip? Right. And not John the Baptist. Mm. Right? So, so, your product must be unique. And then, in showing the market, it's not enough to say, oh, I'm trying to build a Facebook, a company like Facebook, and Facebook is worth $500 billion, so my company is worth $500 billion. Facebook has 5 billion users. You don't have any users. So you can't be worth $5 billion. And you are starting from Ghana. Facebook started in the U.S. with 300 million people. Yeah. Right? So you need to be able to tell the investor that I'm planning to build, a f and my company is going to be like Facebook, but I'm starting in Accra. Accra has f 4 million people. I can get 10% of that. Mm. And so your company at this stage is going to be worth $10 billion. Yeah. It's worth that stage, but it could become the next Facebook. Right. 
So don't go to the investor and be claiming that market when you don't have the extent of that market. Mm. You can show that you can, you're building a big global company, but start small and show the investor how you're going to be monetizing over time. Right. That's very important. And to prove those two, you must have a team, either you or a team of people. Right, so the team is the pivot between the product and the market monetization. Mm. It's almost like an equilibrium, and if you're able to strike the right balance, you'll be able to raise money. Interesting. Now, who are the type of investors? So, yeah, generally, uh, four type of investments in different stages of your growth. The first is what we call angel investors, right? And they fall into three categories. We call them family, friends, and fools. Right. <laughs> they are the first people that you go to for money. Right. The the, the family is because the family people know you. Right, you see, raising money is is an act of relationship and trust. Mm. And the reason the first place you go to is your family that you have a relationship with them, mm. your uncle, your nephew, your niece, your cousin. They know you, so they can believe that if Philip today says he's starting a company, mm, maybe he can do it because they know you. Right. So the first people you try to get money from is your family. For whatever reason, if you don't have a family, then go to your friends. So you may have friends from school, from childhood, or whatever it is. They've known you for many years. They have a relationship with you. So most likely, they may give you some money, hmm. right? Then you say, oh, well, but I don't have friends. Then find a fool. Hmm. A fool is somebody who doesn't have a relation with you, but somehow you manage to convince the person, the person that they should believe in you and do away with your money. Because see, at an early stage, the investor is investing in you and not the company because there's really nothing, right? right? So, it's a relationship game. So, if you can convince someone, then maybe they'll invest in you. So, so those are the three first people that you should look at for. And then you say, oh, but my uncle will only give me 5,000 Ghana cities. What is 5,000 Ghana cities? Mm. Well, if you cannot manage 5,000 Ghana cities, nobody give you 1 million Ghana cities. Mm. Whatever idea you have, somebody say, oh, I have this idea. The minimum I need is 10 million Ghana cities. But your entire life, you've never managed 500,000 Ghana cities. Mm. Or you haven't even managed 10,000 Ghana cities. Mm. So do you think that you'll be able to manage 500,000 Ghana cities? No. Yeah. You think you can, but you cannot. So whatever big idea is, try and look for the minimal amount of money you need at any point in time. This is also the mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs make. If you raise too much money, the person that gives you money can control your company. Right. Because your company is of no value. Right. So the, the trick that a lot of people do is they say, oh, my company is worth $10 billion and I'll give you 10% of the company. But you haven't done anything. So mm. how come you owe 90%? So mm. the person will give you a certain amount but will control the company and you've moved from becoming an entrepreneur to an employee. And a lot of entrepreneurs don't realize that that, thing change, that, that change happens very quickly. Very quickly they are both yeah. E, but the, let, the rest of the letters are different. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, so it's important mm. for you to think about what is the minimal money I can raise to get the minimum viable product and then go and look for customers. Now, I cannot emphasize this any further that as an entrepreneur, your primary consideration is to build a product that customers will pay for it by using it. Mm. Don't You are not an entrepreneur to chase investors for money. Mm. Investors are not your primary consideration. Mm. Your primary consideration is customers. Customers are the most important validation of what you're trying to do. Mm. But because you have a deficit of capital to mm. start and you cannot get to the customer, you need some money to get to them, yeah. right? So it's important for you not to misplace the priority. The right. priority is still the customer. Mm. 
but you need a little bit to be able to get something that the customer will pay for and that's why you're going to invest it right. so you need to do that quickly and focus 90 percent of your on energy on getting customers getting them to use your product so they can pay you for it and actually you know your early customers if your product is so good some of them may end up investing in your company mm. because they'll say mm. man philip this company is doing something okay, with it. let me take some stake in it <laughs> anyway so so it's important for you to focus on customers because they are the primary validation of your business yeah. no business idea is validated by investors the market is the best validator of businesses and you must go to the market mm. if you build the best app and nobody uses it it's not a business right. you only have a business when one person uses it and pay you for it and you say one yes it always starts with one mm. and if you take good care of the first customer he will recommend your product to the second customer so mm. i tell entrepreneurs you don't need a marketing budget you need to take the marketing budget and put it into the product and make sure the product is so good that Anybody who uses it cannot help but tell their friends that is your marketing right there. Mm. Mm. <laughs> gems, gems, and and you know what? What's interesting is it's so straightforward and so common sense that it almost seems like a revelation. And it's interesting how you how you put it. So we've gotten to the family, friends, and the fools. Unfortunately, um, they've given us a bit. We've oh, started correct. off the business. We we seem to be. You know, we've we seem to have a product that someone is willing, but we want to we want to scale up quickly. Yeah, we've started small, but we want to scale up quickly. How do we find the funding to do that? Correct. So then the next stage is actually go to the venture capital guys. Mm. The next stage is venture capital, mm. and their name actually it tells you what they do. They they they, they capitalize the venture, so they give you the money to now grow the customer base, mm. right? And then now you want to grow outside of Ghana. You want to go to Nigeria. You want mm. to go to South Africa. Mm. Then you go to the growth capital guys. And most likely they give you a combination of equity and some debt. Mm. And also at that point, you can also get bank debt. Because banks are not in the business of taking risk. They're in the business of collecting your money. And then at a lower rate. And then giving it back to you at a higher rate. Mm. Right. Mm. So when your business has the capital to finance the operating cost, then you go to a bank and say, okay, I need some money because I can pay this loan every month. Right. right? Yeah. That's where the bank comes in. Then the third is you then go to the private equity guys. So the growth capital gives you a combination of equity and debt. Mm. Then the private equity guys are primarily the guys that give you, they normally come in when the business is working, it's printing money, you're making less than $100 million every month. Then they say, okay, how can you turn this to $100 billion every month, mm. right? So they just come and oil the ATM so that you can print out more money, more money. right? And then they then take it to the capital market, yeah. right? So those are the three stages, the four stages that you go through. Mm. So don't go to a venture capital person when you don't have a product. Right. Don't go to a growth capital person when you don't have a market that you're growing into. Mm. It's important to do some research on these guys and mostly, when you go to their website, they will tell you what they do. Most mm. of these investors will tell you what they do. And so, you don't need to, you need to approach the right person with the right intent at the right time. And I tell entrepreneurs that not the fact that your business can collapse because you didn't raise money, you can also kill your business by raising money from the wrong person. Right. Right? So, it's not every investor that you take money from. Right. The best validation of an investor is, ask the entrepreneur he's invested in. Mm. So the same way investor do due diligence, so you should do due diligence on the investor. Mm. And the best due diligence is go to another CEO that is invested in, ask him, how is it going with Philip? Right. 
And if he's not treating him well, most likely you're in the same. You're going to be in the same problem. So avoid it. Wow. I mean, you've sort of answered this, but I just want to know: we, when you start a business as a technology entrepreneur, as an entrepreneur, you have a dream yes. of, of a solution you want to provide to the world. Then you start chasing the money, which you have to do. Yeah. How do you still hold on to the dream of the solution without losing it in the search for investment? Right. So, so that's a very, very interesting dichotomy that entrepreneurs find themselves in. And in Africa, it's more so because you you have you live in a scarcity environment, right? So you have to constantly try to raise money. But I think that as an entrepreneur, it's all about striking the balance. And I think your focus should be between 70 to 80% on the dream, the customer, and that big vision. Mm. Because if you exert more energy on that, you actually will have a pull effect on investors. So you may not necessarily go to them too much because they'll see that, wow, with Philip told us that he's going to grow his company by 15% and he grew by 20% this month. Next mm. month, he's going to 32%. Mm. Oh, wow, he's now at 62%. So investors will start calling you. You don't have to call them. Right. Because you see, investment, uh, investors are also looking for the guy, the entrepreneur who is doing very well and the company is succeeding to back. They need, they they need, need their, their returns, returns, right? Yes. So if you build a company that is doing very well and you're getting their returns, the investors will call you. You don't need mm. to call them. Mm. Because the investors, they're also looking for you, mm. right? So I, I tell entrepreneurs, you should spend more time and living your dream and not worry too much about looking for capital. And the most important thing is that you must move your company very quickly in an early stage to getting cash flow. They say cash is king. I say yeah. cash flow is the king maker. <laughs> okay. Right. So if you don't get cash flow, mm. you see, at the end of the month, then you don't have enough money to pay your staff. Yeah. So then you, you have to go to the investor. Then, mm. you know, you see the thing. But if you have cash flow, mm. you'll be able to take care of your operating cost. And then you have to move very quickly to break even mm. and, and get to profitability. Yeah. This is what we do with entrepreneurs. Mm. So we we'll say, oh, but Eric, you are trying to, if you get the entrepreneur to become profitable, they don't need you anymore. Yeah, actually, that's the whole idea. Yeah. The whole idea is that I want them to be independent <laughs> of me. Yeah. So that I put in very little money and I take very little equity in the company. But I want the entrepreneur to wake up every day believing it's their business. Because yeah. the strategy really here is that it's not about owning a small, a big percentage of a small company. I want to own a small percentage of a big company. So the strategy is that you need to give the entrepreneur the incentive mm. to make the pie bigger right. together with you right. and not scrambling with the entrepreneurs about owning a bigger portion of a smaller pie. Mm. You know, this is a very important mindset change. Unfortunately, in Africa, we, we, we've all inherited the, pre, the other mindset, which is everybody wants to own a big portion of a small thing. When we should be aiming at owning a small percentage of a big pie. So yeah. the idea is that how do you make the pie bigger? And, and this is where the investors that you choose, you must be very careful their mindset. Mm. Because if the investor doesn't have the mind, that mindset, you're going to have challenges on the board mm. later on or with the investor. Because when you are trying to grow the company, they won't see it because yeah. they'll be busy trying to own the majority of the company. For the investors and people who want to be investors, please understand that it is not about controlling the business. You know, the reason you invest in a company is because the entrepreneur has, they have this mystery about them, mm. right? Mm. It's almost like something that you think you know and you know how to do, but you don't know. You don't know it, yeah. And that mystery about them is why you invest in them. They have the ability to take a dream, build a company, build a team, and start growing it. Yeah. 
you should be excited about having them keep doing that. And, and what drives entrepreneurs is that freedom, that creativity, that control that they have, mm. that they wake up every day feeling that it's their company. It's almost like this, you know, dunamis within them. Yeah. And immediately you have control over the company and you turn them into employees, that dunamis Just dies out. Mm. And so a lot of people invest in companies, they start any get it, they, they push to get control of the company and then they say the entrepreneur is not performing anymore. Well, oh, you killed the dream. Because you, you, you killed the dream. Yeah. Because if the entrepreneur, and the, that's why entrepreneurs take that risk, mm. you know, it, it's just how entrepreneurs are made. It's one of the gems. It's one of the things that drives them. Wow. So don't kill that. Really, you kill that, you actually kill the business. Yeah. And most likely, you see very soon, he'll start another company. Yeah. Because he, he's made that way. Yeah. And then, then they suffice. Oh, I invested in your company. Now you've taken my money. You've started another company because he wants to be in control. And then you're, when you try to, you see, you try to fight the control, but you will never win never because win. that's how they're made. Yeah. Eric, thank you so much for, for joining us for this conversation. But before you go, you are someone who believes in businesses. You invest a lot. Tell us about Chanzo Capital quickly before you go. So, um, so, so we, we, with Chanzo Capital, what I'm trying to build is I'm trying to, I believe that the way investing in companies in Africa is going to happen is going to be different from Silicon Valley and the rest of the world. So what we're trying to do is that we're trying to evolve Africa's way of investing in companies. So we have certain principles that we're trying to test out. So one of them is that we believe that companies need to be profitable, mm. at, or at least break even. So a portfolio, currently our portfolio of companies, four of them are profitable companies that make money and are independent of us. And mm. we put in very little money, mm. right? So we want to test that thesis out. The second is that we really believe in investing in companies that go after low-margin, high-volume markets, okay. right? Somebody call, some people call it the bottom of the pyramid. Mm. But we really believe that there's a market out there that you call it informal economy or whatever it is that have mobile phones, that create services that you can provide services to and succeed. Mm. Thirdly, we believe that the ethos of what we do is around entrepreneurs. And we believe that the entrepreneurs have the leverage, not us. So we're just hanging on them. We're actually the freeloaders. <laughs> so we believe yeah. that you need to incentivize the entrepreneur mm. to keep dreaming and keep building. And you are just somebody that they can call in the middle of the night. So I tell my entrepreneur, you can call me anytime. Yeah. I'm the one you can sound with anytime you want. Yeah. But I'm not in this to screw you. I'm not in need to take over your company. Yeah. It's still your company. Yeah. The father invest doesn't mean I take over your company, right? But the thing that we realize is that there's a huge information asymmetry between we investors and entrepreneurs. Mm. And so we've been doing this How to Raise Money series, mm -hmm. uh, which we're doing this Friday okay. uh, with Standard Bank. And the reason we do this is that we really want to get entrepreneurs to understand this important dynamics between them and investors. Mm -hmm. And so we try to address information series uh, asymmetry through the series of workshops that we do. Okay. The third thing is that we've also been doing Angel for Africa, which is an event that every year we bring between 10 to 20 entrepreneurs and 40 to 50 investors and we go to a city in africa and basically the entrepreneurs pitch we prepare them over a year and the pitch and the investors invest in them mm. and the reason we do this is that we try to control our greed and our selfishness <laughs> right. by not only keeping the companies who are sourced sure. because we cannot invest in all these companies yeah. so we want to bring other investors along into this invest to, to invest in these companies Second is to give the company exposure. Third is to spotlight cities around Africa where this innovation phenomenon is happening. Yeah. Philip, I tell you, I travel Africa and I, it's amazing to see this thing happening mm. all over Africa. We were in Mozambique last year. It's unbelievable. It's almost like a bug. Mm. And this year, we're doing a special edition in Ghana. Right. 
and then we're going to Tanzania as well. So this year we're doing two editions. We're doing Ghana because it's a year of return, and we've got a better couple of our diaspora and investors who are coming back. So it's, it's home. home. So we're going to do one in Ghana this year, which is a special edition on the year of return, yeah. and then we're also doing Tanzania. The Ghana edition is 22nd and 23rd August, okay. and then the Tanzania edition is the 12th of October in Dar es Salaam. We look forward to that. We look forward to that, Eric. Oseakwan was my guest in the studio, serial investor, business leader, and global technology icon. He's a managing partner of Chanzo Capital, an entrepreneur himself, and an investor with over 15 years of of thinking and great thoughts and leadership in the ICT industry across Africa and the world. Eric, thank you so much for joining us and for being a part of the conversation. Thank you very much. Such an honor. Brilliant. Okay, so um, we just had a quick message from Opari. Um, and Opari says he's starting a commodities business. He wants to find out how best he can reach um, Eric. Um, he says he's asking perhaps you could share his social media information so I can get in touch with him. Eric, would you mind? Uh, yes, uh, it's at EOCAKWAN. Uh, it's the easiest way to meet, reach me on Twitter. Okay. And I'll definitely try to respond. Okay. But um, it would be great to uh, connect with uh, Philip. Brilliant. So, um, Opari, um, please do that. Um, you can just check out um, our tweets on, on Twitter today. Um, we've been live tweeting the conversation. So, you can find Eric's Twitter handle as well on there. And then, yeah, let's, let's take it to the next level. You never know. Your commodities business might just be the next um, target. The next Dangote. You know? You know? So, um, er Opari, please do get in touch with Eric and let's see which where this one leads to. So we're jumping straight into the, um, the app segment of the show. And Jeffrey. Jeffrey, good evening to you. Hello to you and your <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I'm back. Yes. We're glad that you're back. So walk us through our two mobile applications for this week. Okay, so Champions League is back. Yes. And as I do whenever Champions League is back. Yes, we have to remind the people. You know the Champions League app, whatever you want, the updates on the team, the players. If you want live audio commentary, you get it on the app. Mm. You can select which teams you want to follow and it will give you everything. It's on iOS and then Android. I know some of you know, but those who don't know, go check it out if mm. you like football. That mm. is. Mm. If you don't, don't worry. It's not for you. <laughs> <laughs> My oh, second app um, is called Word Link. Right. It's a game. This one, not one that you play and then not get anything. This one will help, help you get some vocabulary because it will give you some letters. Okay. And then you have to find the words that you can form with those letters mm. and then you get points from that okay you know it's not bad mm -hmm. that sounds fun yeah it's on android only android yeah that's unfortunate yeah i don't even ask how i can get it. anyway i'm not asking for myself. so how do, people, hidden somewhere. Why how, are you how, how do people get in how do people get this what's the name what should they search okay for? so go on the play store search okay. for word link okay w-o-r-d mm -hmm. space l-i-n-k that's it it's made by um w-o-r-z-z-l-e wazil games or whatever 
Yeah. It's just there. there. Just look for that it. That one, yes. As soon as you type Word Link, you Word find Link. it. So our two mobile apps for this week, Word Link and... And then the Champions League app. Okay. So what do they look for when you're looking for the Champions League app? So just type Champions League in the search bar. Okay. The app itself, itself is called UEFA Champions League. Right. When you type in Champions League, you should you it will should find it. Yes, it will be the first because it's the official app. Okay. So any other third party app will come after that one. Okay. So it's the very first one when you type yes. in Champions League. Yes. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, let's jump straight to our next segment of the show and um yeah your tech is very important to us so um for those of you who um have had issues or have issues with you know some of the technology around you your laptop is not um um coming you know on or whatever it is you're having issues well this is a segment of the show where we address it so all we ask is that you send us um a message on our whatsapp number 054-9986-996 of the problem that you're having we will call you back and then you will tell us and break down the problem to us we will give it over to the experts and then they will give us the answers and we'll bring it to you so today we are going to jump straight into it we have two major issues coming over from last week and um mr entry is here with us so mr entry what exactly is happening this week yeah so this week we had two questions uh from solomon and then one other guy okay so let's take um solomon first let's take solomon's question for actually you know what Let's take yeah. Let's take Solomon's question first. So this is Solomon um, sending us a message, and um, we calling him back, and he telling us his problem. So let's listen to Solomon. My name is Solomon, Solomon Kona, and I live at Sprinters. Um, the phone that I had the problem with is uh, Alcatel One Touch Pop C5 with serial number five zero three six D, um, made in China. Um, I was browsing one day and then the phone wasn't responding fast enough, so I decided to restart it. And after restarting it, it won't boot again. It, it will just be booting, but it won't. It never boot finish. And and I don't know what the problem could be. Thank you. First of all, how did you even get that phone, and how did you hang on to it for so long? But you know what? It's it's fine. So what was the solution to? His problem. Okay, so uh, his his problem is actually a software issue. Okay. So we got in touch with an expert and then he... Okay, so let's listen to... Eric, um, Solomon, please listen out for um, a solution to your, your, your challenge. Solomon, if your phone is restarting, it means that there is a problem with the software that makes it work. On mobile phones and tablets or smaller computers, the operating system software which is a software that makes it work, is usually stored in a ROM, a chip called the ROM. For you to be able to get your phone working, you have to remove the old software and put a new software. That process is called flashing. You need to get someone who is into the flashing of phones. That person will flash your software for you and you can get your phone working again. Thank you for your question and all the best. Well, um, Solomon, Solo, um, I do hope you get someone to flash your device for you. But before, please try and send us a photo of the phone. 
because we really want to he, see he actually sent a video of it a video oh that's yeah. incredible that's incredible thank you solomon for that uh anyway mr entry um so what was the other issue for this week? yeah so uh godwin godwin has challenges with his pc okay uh i think is a is a screen and it's a hardware mm. issue so let's let's, yeah, let's, yeah, let's let's listen to godwin tell us his his problem then i am godwin from kaswa my problem has to do with my laptop whenever i switch it on you could see that all all the light on the keyboard is on everything is on but the monitor doesn't come and what i try normally doing is that i let it on for about three four hours then i switch it off again then at times you could see the monitor comes and at times to it will be as it is and this has been going on for the past six months so what could really be the problem with my laptop thank you i was saying when i leave it on for about three to four hours i try putting it off and later on owning it again but at times the monitor comes at times too it doesn't come so i don't really know what is wrong with the machine so if you guys could be of help thank you very much that sounds like a very serious problem. Yeah, yeah, very, that very sounds serious. like a very, very serious problem. Anyway, so let's listen to sure. the, the, the answer provided. Godwin, thank you for your question. There are two issues that are likely to be the problem. One, the display. And two, the logic board. To confirm which is the issue, connect an external monitor to your laptop. If it comes on, then it is an issue with your monitor. If it stays off, then it is an issue with your logic board and you need someone who can either repair or replace it for you. Thank you for your question and all the best. Well, that pretty much sums yeah. it up. It's, uh, I, I, I do hope that um, Desmond or Godwin actually would, would, would find um, a possible solution to... To, to, to that one. I do hope you can get the necessary help. So, yeah. your thoughts as well, wrapping up quickly. Uh, I'll say when we have like when uh, challenges, we have challenges with our, with our devices, being phone or a laptop, we should look out, we should go to experts as early as possible. Mm. So, it should, be, it should be prompt. We should wait a while for before we do that. Yeah. Do trial and error. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when it becomes big before then we try and find a solution yeah, well sure. mr entry thank you so much okay. for that and that was the your tech segment right here on city trends coming up is the trending segment of the show with the one and only hrh <laughs> <laughs> Her Royal Highness Farida Sharibu is in the studio. Headphones on your head. We saved the best for the last. Yes, Actually, of I need to come and see you guys for my Farida. for my iPhone. Which one? The iPhone that is damaged is not working. Uh, we, Why no, am I not even sending my question yes, to you? Yes, please send your question. Because <laughs> clearly, because we, we, we still don't know where she got her iPhone from. No, this problem. But I'm back on. I'm back on Infinix, and if they want, oh. they can bring me some Note Five to do some promo for them. Can because I pretty five? like this one anyway. Uh, but Infinix, please bring it. And yeah, yeah. Anyway, talking about Apple, my ex. 
So they finally found the uh, effects for the bag. Yes, yes it I came last week. Yes, yes. so last week. yes, yes. Yeah. So it's actually supposed to um, be on the on phones higher than five S. That's the iPhones f- higher than five S. The six plus to maybe um, whatever, maybe fourteen or maybe. Hmm. So the iPad Air and then also later <laughs> I will come on the iPads as well. So all you have to do is to update your your phone and then don't get scared. Hmm. It's still on the iOS twelve. So, yeah, definitely you're going to get um, an update and then fix the bug. Well, Twitter is also trying something new. Last week, I saw something quite interesting. Mm-hmm. We've also heard rumors about a Twitter edit. And, yeah. you know, sometimes it comes and goes. Yeah. But really, I don't want an edit. Why? Because you are so far no. the only person but why would in the world. I, of course. Who does not want an how, edit? How, how, how will we be able to see the kofefe and then whatever? You know, sometimes <laughs> the only one in the no, world it, who it, doesn't want it, an it Trump edit button on buy, Twitter. Buy, you know, it's either you delete it or people come and throw you. So I it's freedom. Uh, Charlie Philip, when you are tweeting pan in your head, you've done the right thing. And a lot of a sudden, like, so delete the right thing. You know what? I'm they come and reply that will tweet with their correction. When you, <laughs> when you had like 15 retweets and Charlie Charlie, 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 so maximum if you're going to have an edit button something they are considering mm. i probably think they should roll it out like the way and uh, whatsapp did okay. you know you can delete within five minutes when it came at first mm. but now i think it's much longer um after 10 minutes i think you can re- still uh, delete any um message you have sent in any group okay. but i think for me twitter should probably start with maybe a 40 second right. you know time sure. 40 seconds yes you have to be fast if you tweet, you go back and then read again. So, well, as part of that, they are also trying to improve the night mode. Yes. I like the night mode, yes, actually. Really you know, when everything seems really bright, nice. I don't really, really like nice. it. They're trying to make it darker. So, for those of you who <laughs> who have problems yeah, with yeah. your eyes, yeah, they're trying to make it darker. They think it's, it's, it's cool to do it that way. So, <laughs> so, basically, those are some of the things that Twitter is considering. Okay. Um, Interesting. So, well... <laughs> So basically that's it. So hopefully you're going to see something more in 2019. Nice. We're all in, in February. Nice. So Look forward definitely. to it. Yeah. So yes, um, it's it's. I do hope you have picked up a thing or two from the show. I just want to run a few comments um, that came during the conversation. Steven says, great conversation on City Trends with Eric tonight. Too many gems on one show. Cecil has been tweeting incessantly and even calling up on the president to listen to Cecil. And thank you so much <laughs> uh, to listen to Eric. Thank you so much, Cecil. Um, so Cecil, I mean, talks about invest- investors will call you when you live your dream by moving your startup quickly to cash flow which was one of the things that Eric talked about on the show if you can't execute your idea Cecil is a great entrepreneur ah yes an he investor is. just point out this he, he's, 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 he's brilliant if you can't execute your idea it's just a dream it's not bad to dream but after you wake up you must act and that is coming from Asari I'm quoting Eric copiously there on the show thank you so much to you all for doing the listening a big thank you to our studio technician um, Desmond and of course um, to Mr. Opoku our um, in-house um, um expert conk expert as it is eric thank you so much for joining us on the show as well and a big thank you to farida to mr entry and of course to jeffrey for joining us on the show a pleasure coming your way till next week stay techie